on a very special consensus. You're going to need to get consent, which is a noise she makes, not a feeling you feel. Consent is the gold standard. Everyone knows what's going on, and everyone said yes. Hello, exactly. Open and honest communication. Mutual acceptance. Yeah, love is blind, lust is Helen Keller. Consent is... I mean, like, you'd have to ask me, like, when I'm not drunk. Hello, exactly. Consent is honesty. What people agree to do. Drive safe, don't rape. Hello, exactly. Never optional. Sexy and required. Hello, exactly. Gentlemen, I think we can all agree that no means no every single time. But what about, uh-huh, even then for sure. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Consentences podcast. You are here again with Snow and Marvel. And this week we are welcoming our guest, Ms. Liz Cream. Uh, she is very well known in a number of the communities that we inhabit, including Burn, Polly, Kink, and... Like, we will talk about all of them, but I'm not really sure which one she doesn't inhabit. So <laughs> let's just start from there. Hi there. Hello, Liz. How are you tonight? Doing pretty well. Yourself? Not too bad. So you want to hear about me? A little bit about my background? That would be great, yeah. Let let our audience know a little bit about who you are, because you're 100% someone that, uh, because you inhabit so many different ones, I can only imagine how many different ways that we can bring you on this show. So... Tell us a little bit about yourself so that our audience knows who you are. Um, I started uh, in the burning community uh, back in 2013, and uh, I had already moved to Corpus, and shortly after that, really like Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi, Texas, Texas. in case people don't know. That's fair, yes. Um, Corpus Christi on the Gulf Coast. uh, Quickly after that, I uh, got into the kink community um, and started very, very quickly with both of those communities having a leadership role. With uh, the burning community, I took over the greeters department. And then in the kink community, I started running two different groups uh, for a couple of years now. Um, through that connection, I was able to teach uh, scene negotiation and consent at Texas Kink Fest. And um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Sweet. I'm really excited to hear more about what you want to talk to us about specifically tonight. Do you have a sense of what that is for this episode. So we've been talking about Polly a lot before coming on the air because of mm-hmm. you know I'm also Polly, and if you're Polly, you're you're familiar with lots of issues and challenges and and, and triumphs as well. Um, uh, so I practice uh, what I call solo polyamory, meaning I generally don't have a primary partner. Ex- well, it's me, and I might be the one. It's pretty serious. So for sure, yeah. are you your own soulmate? Yeah, yeah, I, I am my own uh, soulmate. I, that was what I joked about earlier. Like, literally, I need that, like, Lizzo bump. Yep. Because so. she's her own soulmate. Well, and a big part of it, too, is that I, I am really busy um, with my uh, with the burning stuff, with the Burning Man stuff. I've also started doing Burners Without Borders, and I run the Corpus Christi chapter, and we do beach cleanups. And so my time when I am home is really busy with kink, with the burn the burning stuff, and with the volunteer organization that I run. So... I don't date anybody in Corpus. Uh, I visit Austin a lot because I uh, come up here for events, and so I have partners up here and in Houston and in Dallas. Do you not date anyone there for specific reasons? Well, if anybody knows anything about Corpus Christi, uh, there's there's not a huge amount of poly people there. It's a very conservative city. Um, don't alienate our audience. 
It's, we love you, Corpus. I mean, I love Corpus. That's why I live there. Um, it's just, it's a little bit, a little bit more of a learning curve for that kind of alternative lifestyle. For like, what it's worth, I feel like if we know cream, then whomever is listening from Corpus who might listen <laughs> to this is like, yeah. I know that bitch. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of times the thing that I, that I have happened a lot is people that I date or, or try to date down in Corpus, um, they're okay with me being poly and and they're actually just dating, you know, non-exclusively. But then when they get that committed relationship, um, they have to end it with me because there's not a lot of poly people in Corpus. And if they are, there are, they're, they're pretty much my friend group already. Uh, I mean, I have healthy sexual relationships with people there, but it's not uh, romantic. It's that kind of thing. So I travel and so I have partners um, uh, in Austin and one in Dallas right now. Um, a boyfriend in Austin and then a uh, girlfriend up in Dallas. That's about my poly background. What I really like talking about, though, is the different types of poly. So solo solo polyamory or kitchen table poly. Yeah, can, yeah, that was actually something that we were talking about a little bit more. And I actually do find it fascinating because mm. we do have another friend who we uh, have recently interviewed who is, she is also solo poly. Mm. So I would love to hear your description of solo poly and how it is for you, how you run that. Basically, I and I don't like to use the word primary because that would indicate that other people are secondary or and because I don't do I don't do the hierarchy. Um, mainly, what it means for me, as like I said, I, I I don't date people where I live generally because of all my other things that I do. It's just easier rather than telling somebody no all the time that I have plans. So when I I have partners, they generally have a primary partner or like a nesting partner. That they that they spend a lot of their time with, and so when I visit, it's the time that we spend is more. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Precious, you know. And so, but then I leave, and so they have their their everyday relationship. You know, um, in the past, I've had a partner that was that had you know he was married, had a kid, they lived together, and when I would visit, I think that's one of the reasons why his wife didn't have anxiety about it is because she knew that I wasn't going to be there all the time. Plus, you know, we liked each other and could hang out. That was that was kind of a combination of kitchen table poly and solo poly, where it's you know you can hang out, you have all the communication is open, you know there's the the expectations have been set, uh, and you don't have to be besties with your metas, but it does help if you can at least share a meal together, which I think is where that phrase you know was coined from. Yeah, and actually that's something that we've we haven't gone through like what definitions of things are. I think it would be really helpful if you could lay out what the difference between primary and meta right. are within poly. So, you know, like primary, uh, I, I guess a different way to put that too is like your nesting partner or your living partner because that kind of removes that, that you know, that hierarchy language. Um, and then a meta is your partner's partner. And so it's short for metamor. So. Right, no. so it's like second cousin, except not right. quite so right. about incest. Yeah, like unless you're about that, and right. then do you incest? <laughs> I love you so much more. Right you now. know what I say? If you can't keep it in your pants, keep it in the family. I am surprised how much I say that actually. Are you though? Are you really that surprised? Like, there's nothing about you. That Is that the t-shirt? Like, it's the yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, that's your neck. Oh, can hashtag! We, yeah. If you hashtag, can't keep it in your pants, yeah. keep it in the family. Yep. Well, we joke. Episode four. Uh, my my ah. my friend uh, Greg and Gretchen. Um, they uh they they're more open versus Polly. They don't have other uh, relationships with other people, which and that's another, de you know, designation is open versus Polly. And and I just think that open just means the absence of the romantic angle. Um, 
poly, a lot of people say oh, polyamory means multiple loves, which you don't have to love the multiple partners you have. You can have just a romantic aspect to it. And sure, that also doesn't date. mean sexual. Because right. I know people that are asexual or that have just, that's not a part of their dynamic, but they have but that they like still intimacy. Have, right. Yep. So, and, um, and, I, and yeah. I love what you're talking about too, only because we often refer to ourselves as monogamish. Yes. Oh, that's, with, I love with, that. With opportunistic tendencies. Yes. I love monogamish. It's, TM. Um, my, my, uh, my first poly partner uh, had, I, I mean, I, I don't think he coined that phrase, obviously, but he, he's the first one I heard it from. And I was like, oh, I love that. So that's another way of describing an open relationship because, you know, you know, you might have a play like, or like a play partner, you know, in the kink, in the kink scene, a play partner is somebody that you, you either engage in kink activities with or a sexual activity with. And that's all it is. It's not a romantic thing. You don't date, you know, you, you do it generally at a play party, which is a kink event where you exhibit the things that you're into. I have a couple questions. Okay. Uh, so can we go back to Metamore for one moment? Correct. Yeah. Um, is Metamore single directional or can you have a relationship with the Metamore also and with the partner? So I think when, when that is a thing, you know, I mean, you might not, I mean, there's triads of course that, that happen from that. Um, or there's separate dynamics. I think once you add the romantic or sexual dynamic to that meta, I, then I think they also just become one of your partners. I think meta in my, in my opinion, <clears throat> excuse me, is the non-sexual or non-romantic abstraction. Yeah. Right. I That's mean, what you, makes can, it meta, right? you can, yeah. And you can have a, an intimate relationship right. with your meta. Um, you know, I've, my, my, uh, my, my ex who was married with the kid, um, you know, they've unfortunately since split up and him and I are not together anymore, but her and I had a, a great connection because I met them before as friends and so grew to love them as friends before having uh, him and I start seeing each other. So her and I had a very, a very intense connection, but it wasn't sexual and it wasn't romantic, you know, but it was more than just a friend, you know, sure. because she's, you know, the partner of my partner. Yeah. And I think that helps a lot with anxiety. And uh, when, especially when you when you joined a dynamic of, of an already established couple, if you respect the unit, I can respect the unit of a relationship, but not like not sacrifice my needs. But I mean, especially when there's a kid involved, like I want to protect that. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, I can do that without, you know, you know, basically being a pushover about stuff. I can still be very clear with my boundaries and expectations. But like, you know, the, the current situation that I have going on is kind of like that. We're, we're, we're learning as a, as a group. It's a fun group right. activity. Um, sometimes not so much fun, but as long as you keep the lines of communication open and you try just to remember to be kind about the way you express yourself, you can pretty much say whatever you want. You mean you can't just throw in there like mm. straight from like stepbrothers? Yeah. There's so much more room for activities yeah. because there are three of you, so right. therefore there's more room? Yeah, right. No, there's no. less room, more activity. Less yeah. room, more activity. And, and, there's, <laughs> and there's just the more people you add into a dynamic, the more opportunity for you know tension and stuff i mean also the more opportunity for fun and amazing things and but miscommunication yeah you like just gotta take the founding root of every 1990s uh rom-com rom-com <laughs> and sitcom yeah everywhere you welcome to the go, sitcom plot i'll follow you and Do then you know like, how many episodes of married with children would oh, just, the show would have never aired if they could communicate effectively once i know the 90 <laughs> the 90s sitcoms like all the love triangle twos i was like polly just be polly you know, yeah pretty like, well yeah pretty much uh, every simply solved pre, yeah know, pretty right? much everything from the 90s was a farce in terms of is there a laugh track 
then this is a farce. Yep. And yeah, we're all going to assume. And that that's they- what we mean by meta and metamor. It's yeah. really yeah. abstract. If you go back yeah. and you look at 90s Love music. If you go back and look at 90s music and media, it is amazing. I, I jokingly do this thing where I listen to 90s pop music because I enjoy it because it's when I was younger. But I'll like rewrite the lyrics well, you don't to like reflect. Listen to it, you love it. Oh, I love it. But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll listen to it and I'll, I'll rewrite the lyrics with like the the correct non toxic things, like you know, like oh, but this is actually toxic positivity or oh. possessiveness or oh. whatever. And just we like, have a whole segment for you. Oh my yep. god! Can we? Oh, for sure. All right, hold on. So uh, I'm actually really excited. We've got a whole segment that we're gonna launch shortly that will take a look at some of our favorite lyrics and. You know, consider what other aspects, maybe from the 90s or 2000s, could be better considered within the appreciation and expectation of consent. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, examining lyrics and having some laughs. I like Making that. them better. I like that idea. Better and up. Because Level I'm up, better up. like, you know, a pretty dope DJ. Such a dope DJ. <laughs> Not at all. I'm That's a terrible DJ, but I am learning to DJ, so I will be remixing things. And because I'm remixing them, apparently, uh, people won't get mad at me. I like that idea. We'll find out, though. I'll I mean, like, his wife doesn't own. count. He means, like, YouTube. I mean, like, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I might yeah, get I mean, mad at him when he throws, like, some Fiona under four non-blondes. I'm not sure why she still. Wasn't, yeah, she wasn't really I wasn't about feeling that. it. I understand yeah. growth progression, but, like, your white man perspective hey, on my feminine yeah. growth development in the I mid-90s is not relevant. They actually work really well together, and I was really upset when she didn't like it. Anyway. <laughs> well, that was clear communication that she expressed to you, and then you heard her. And Could yeah. you tell because I talked over him, but we're separated <laughs> on three mics? Thank God. <laughs> this would actually be really helpful for fights. Like, put the headphones on. <laughs> How seriously is he taking yourself now, Put them fool? headphones on, and then everything will be okay. And then they have face down ass up with them headphones on. With consent. Mm, with consent. Face down ass up. That's the way I like to listen to things on consentences with my headphones on with three different mics. <laughs> so, so you guys are in the kink scene as well, yes? Thanks, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> We've so, been there. <laughs> that yes. kink scene. We are in the kink scene in terms of how we do play and what our proclivities are in general. And how uh, we found each other. And how mm-hmm. we found each other. That is something that we have talked about on a previous episode, but short version. Oopsie. Yeah. What? Lucy? <laughs> I said oopsie. Oops. Short version being that I bought her at a... Ooh. Uh, no, I meant the, like the revision to the DS contract because sometimes we like run in hot mm-hmm. and we're like, let's do this 24-7 DS thing. Yeah. We should explain more about that. Maybe not right now. In any case, that... That got revised a couple times. Well, actually, well, actually that's a fun one. Important. We could totally talk about that right now. Because yeah, because that was actually a fun thing that we talked about at Soup. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. I already did that part. <laughs> and yours was better, baby. <laughs> so uh, once upon a time, uh, I uh, bought her at a uh, kink party. And fast forward to things. Benefiting Safe Alliance. Always have to throw that in. I really Thank do. you, baby. Yeah, so it's not just Not like, for trafficking. Yeah, not for trafficking. Yeah. yeah she, she was, anyway. And we insert trafficking awareness blurb. Check that off the list. There we go. Mm-hmm. So uh, all that happened, and then we moved into an area where we're like, well, let's 
let's play with DS. Like that was something that we felt was important for what our dynamic was when we would go out to he parties. He conceptualized and also himself a daddy dom, and I thought myself a baby girl, and it worked with our initial dynamic enough to say, let's throw some rules on this shit and like play a role. Right. It got it got real and like odd in a weird way and quickly mm-hmm. because we didn't discuss expectations per se. Right. And we had a partnership a lot of the time and then I would he would put my collar on and those things shifted. Right. And there were times that I was like, <clears throat> we don't have the foundational like that ultimately fast forward. We didn't have the foundational communication right. to have that level of expectation on each other when a certain garment or right. piece was worn. So it's it's interesting too because like when I started uh, in the kink scene, um, actually I realized that a relationship that I had previously had was was a was a DS dynamic with a daddy dom and a baby girl, and like we hadn't talked about it because that's not what we were about. And when I started with my my first partner, who introduced me to the kink scene. He, that's what his, his goal was, but he was super inconsistent and I am an all or nothing kind of person. And so, uh, the way that I identify in the kink scene is, uh, an alpha submissive and it's, Go I was, gonna, I was going to ask so <laughs> yeah. much about that of like yeah. what you put into like your, yeah, I want to know so much more. About so that. alpha submissive is the way that I put it. It's actually funny because what we were talking about earlier is it's a dance analogy and so when you when you learn how to do like salsa or tango or two step or any of these partner dances, there's a lead and there's a follow. And you know, once you learn these dances, a lot of times you'll go to clubs and bars and you'll showcase these dances with people that you don't know. And so they might know the steps, but they're not a super strong lead. So when that's the case, I just start spinning myself. I don't spin them. I'm not trying to lead them. I'm just I'm in charge of me. And every once in a while, you meet a really strong lead who, without words and just by the movement of their hand, will put you where they want you on the dance floor. And you know, you don't have to think about where you're going. That's the kind of dynamic that when I'm in a successful DS dynamic that I want consistency. Because otherwise, I'm going to just be in charge of me again. And I'm not a switch because I don't, like I said, I don't want to be in charge of anybody else. Um, and that's in a, in a romantic or kink or erotic way. Like I like to boss people around at burns and stuff. Cause that's, that's one of my kinks, but right. You want to be boss <clears throat> bitch in places where you right. are empowered because right. you're choosing to be there. Right. And like, how about I do this? Cause I do it well. And also say hello to that motherfucker. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. That's not how you greet. But, but that's really like, that's the, in a, in a, in a personal dynamic, that's not. Uh, that's not something that I want. That's um, not a, a romantic or right. uh, yeah. like personal dynamic that you have yeah. with and other the th- partners. The thing about submissives is that they are not these, you know, weak-willed pushovers. It's that they're generally people who are in charge of shit. Like think about every, you know, cliche portrayal of the businessman and the dominatrix. The businessman is actually probably a CEO, and it's really nice to be able to let go of the control sometime. And that takes a so like a super strong person to relinquish control to somebody else. And also maintain control the entire time because right. you're still and, in control. Well, yeah, sense. because and I and jokingly people refer to it as topping from the bottom and they have this Ah, like, there it is. No, yeah. that's very different. Yeah. That's bratty. I'm I can speak to that all <laughs> night. Yeah, so, yeah. So I there's a big difference between owning your shit and your space, right? And topping from the bottom, yeah. which is choosing to throw your shit into somebody else's space, right? And hope for decent enough reverberation that right. you get your shit back like a boomerang, and right. then feign control, right? And so that's and I'll I, just call myself out right. <laughs> so that's that's how I am, and and a lot of times since I run uh, the the two the two largest BDSM groups in Corpus Christi, um, 
I'm at a party and I'm moderating and I'm hosting and I'm all over the place and I don't generally get to play in the way that I like to play with a partner because if I'm tied up to an A-frame getting my ass beat, I can't keep my eyes on the whole party. So generally what I like to do is because surprise, surprise, one of my other kinks is exhibitionism. So I'll typically do stuff. What? I know you're shocked, right? I'll typically do something that involves the entire party. Like I've done, like I'm going to lay on a table and you're going to cover me with sushi and then people are going to mill around me and eat sushi or the Liz Cream dessert bar, which is my favorite thing to do where it's, you know, strawberries with cream and chocolate syrup. And that's, that's in, everyone's able to engage in that. I get my cake, you know, my kicks from that, but then I can go back and, you know, moderate the party. So facilitation is also my number one kink. I like to be the one that people come to to make things happen. And it can be me or it can be somebody else. But I generally, with my networking skills, I'm like, oh, you want to be tied up and beaten. Oh, my God. I know the perfect person so, for that. I mean, it makes a ton of sense in your experience and in a lot of really common experience to have that balance in temperament and need and engagement to be submissive in some areas mm -hmm. and dominant in others as a way of relieving the tension that the opposite would cause. Right. Makes good right. sense. I also just really want to quickly throw out that there are plenty of circumstances in which stopping from the bottom is not bratty. It's actually a great controlling and topping maneuver. Yep. That's not the circumstance I was talking about. Right. And and a lot of times too And also like we can own brat. Well and with with, with <laughs> um for example with the with uh with some of the partners that I've had who aren't inherently kinky, you know, I've taken them to play parties and I've it's been It's an like, amazing teaching mechanism. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so this is what this thing does and if you hit me with it, this is how it's gonna make me feel and oh can you do it harder? Okay, not that hard. You know, and just like it's but I don't necessarily think of that as topping from the bottom. That is me that's me explaining things. I'm not like do it this way. No, I just that, think that, that it's that's, that's a very that that's from an, a very educational standpoint. Correct. Right. A lot of our kink parties actually end up having mini demos like that with demonstrations because um, there's a few members who have a lot of different types of toys, and so they'll bring them all for the express purpose of sharing them, and so then they'll end up explaining how each one works and like which ones are stingy, which ones are thuddy, how to use this one. And so my kink parties are not just about kink. They're about socializing with like-minded people, feeling comfortable enough to explore your kink and learning how to kink correctly and safely. And I think what's an awesome part, and like we do that with our parties as well, mm -hmm. so much of it is just creating an environment and holding space for people to be able to be comfortable just to ask questions. Yeah. And a, and a big part of, um, like, you know, so we have munches, which are once monthly meetups. They're generally at a bar or a restaurant or something, and it's obviously in public. So, you know, uh, people show up, and they're new, and you can tell they're nervous. And then the, after they've attended a munch, they are vetted for a play party, unless they've really fucked up with the munch. Like, you, you have to really fuck up to not get an invite to a play party after that. And there's always that, that same question, the trepidation of, like, what is it going to be like? And a lot of the reason behind that trepidation is that people mix kink and sex and they think that they're interchangeable and they think it's going to be just a, like a fuck fest, which sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Depends on the when party. It, yeah. When it comes to kink, like in, Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to like, that sounded like a great platform to jump off about consent in like, what do you have to do to fuck up? And how does consent work at a munch? And yeah. how, right. what's the difference between yeah. kink and sex-positive parties? Yeah, and, well, and actually, since we're talking... 
consent thing we talk about? Yeah. 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 You know, Just whatever. Know, let's get I mean, back to that part. Yeah, like name of the show. So mm. uh, in terms of kink, to you, what does consent mean? So the thing that, honestly, the, the kinky people I know are the best at consent. Um, and so I, it, the bottom line is, like, to fuck up at either a play party or a munch, you have to not respect consent. And, like, there's times when it's out of a place of uh, lack, like, ac- lack of experience or just, like, social cues. And so you'll get the one, like, hey, that wasn't cool. You know, that person didn't feel comfortable. Or if it's you from your point of view, like, I, I wasn't okay with that. You know, and I, I give, unless it's a really egregious like if somebody, if I'm getting you know tied up and somebody just shoves their finger inside of me, that is not something that I'm gonna be like, oh, it's okay. Oh, you know. silly goose. Yeah, um, probably not that. Right. So uh, I mean, so like as an example, like when let's say that you want to, you're at any party, mm-hmm. kink or otherwise, at a burn or whatever, and you want to just kiss someone, how do you do that? I would say, may I kiss you? Oh my god, that's so hard. I know. And, and a lot of times, I think what it is, too, is that, or, or, and, and at Greeters, this happens all the time because hugging and welcoming people home is obviously the whole point of that. And so- sure, And a for, lot of people aren't comfortable with it. Right. For those of you who are listening who don't know, Greeters is the first volunteer department that you, that you encounter when you come into a burn. We're quizzing the participants based on the survival guide, whether they've read it and they're going to enter the event safely, and consent is a huge part of it. And so hugging people- Sometimes and, and sometimes you might not want to hug. Sometimes you might not want to be the one hugging people. And so having this like evolving, you know, uh, communication with people like, may because I give hugging you? is a customary part of that. Or right. Has been. Yeah. So and so forward, I yeah. I've I used to say may I give you a hug, and then I was told by a couple of people that they're like I'm at a burn, and I don't want to be the one weirdo who doesn't want to hug. So asking that makes people feel obligated to say yes. So a really good way to combat. Well, they should probably take an ownership of saying no right then. Right. Because if there's somebody who doesn't want to hug, right. if that's where they don't want right. to say no, then they may not They're say gonna no They're going to have problems later. saying yeah, no with so other things. So what I do is I say, a, I say oh I'm a God. hugger. Can we, make, yeah, can we make that a part of greeting? Yeah, for can sure. I go like, like, so I'm going to give you an exercise in saying no. Right. You have to say no. Right. Do you want to hug? Say no. Right. No. And if you get no, no. good. Yeah, I'm gonna try again because we're here at a burn. May I hug you? Right. Well, I, what I generally I, say is, I say I'd I'm like a hugger. A hug and for my you? pleasure. Yeah. And if they say, no, I'm not a hugger, or sometimes I'm a hugger, or you know, whatever the answer is, it kind of removes the immediate like I'm gonna hug you now or I'm not gonna hug you now thing. Oh, totally. And you like, there's times like, okay, cool, elbow bump. Yeah. Is that cool. And there's plenty of times when that's a thing. And like, for example, I always want hugs, but at a burn one time, here's another shocker. I got hurt. Which those of you who don't know me, that means nothing. But I hurt myself a lot, so I had I had fallen off a golf cart and <laughs> scraped up my back really bad. So right when people are coming in to hug me, they're like rubbing along my giant scrapes. So I was very. But as a person who is taking ownership of that, I was saying before anybody was getting close to me because I was like, oh, they're gonna try to hug me. I was like, no hugs today, you right. know. So barrier force yeah. field. But that comes from years of practicing that skill, and that's not easy for everybody. And I think that's just a beautiful thing in general because so much of being at a burn, specifically only because it's like you are so much of it is about participation and interaction and being around other people. Giving a no up front about something you're uncomfortable with mm-hmm. is just a fucking great thing to do. Like, hey, 
you are 100% okay with saying no. I shouldn't have to say that, but I'd like to because I want to make sure you can. I say no is always an acceptable answer, and it's a full sentence or a complete sure sentence. Sure it is. I had a friend who actually uh, knew her quite well, and she sometimes wasn't in the mood for hugs, so she wore a uh, yellow safety vest when she wasn't in the mood for hugs that said, no hugs right now, please. Like She's a, like a service animal, and once the vest's off, She's okay to be petted or hugged, you know, whatever. I thought That's that was beautiful. Genius. However you want to take ownership of Not whatever genius. your level of comfort is yeah. around physical touch, fucking do it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I did a, at a kink party one time, I did this, uh, like a stick. It was like yellow, red, and green stickers, like those circle stickers that you see at like office supply stores or whatever. And I cut them up and like gave them out to people like a collection. It wasn't for like 20% off. <laughs> it wasn't DSW. It no, wasn't it wasn't. So I, I gave these people these stickers of these three colors of stickers. And I said, I want you guys to watch other people interacting at this kink party because that's a, a one thing I do is a lot of interactive games at the parties just kind of get people loosened up and this one I said if you see people practicing really good consent or they've ex- practiced really good consent with you give them a green sticker and if you see people that might not be you know going forth the best way or you know oh this is that's a little much here's a yellow sticker and if you see people that are clearly not respecting the boundaries of consent, give them a red sticker, and then I can freaking see at a party who's not behaving. Because I've had people that, they'll tell me weeks after a party, this happened at the party and and I didn't- cool and- I'm like, why the hell didn't you tell me then? I could have done something about it then. Well, because people often, like, that's a very sad thing, but it's very true. Often, people who are the ones who don't feel comfortable are the ones who are the least likely to actually tell a DM of or course. tell anyone that yeah. something happened. Yeah, and I try to remain available uh, and uh, and you know non-judgmental about it, just because you know I might like the person or not like the person on either end of this. Like I, I need to be able to be you remain know, somewhat objective neutral. around yeah. like yeah. what happened. So I was talking about how we often talk about. Uh, lines of communication and having that um, just ability to communicate effectively in the moment and share openly is so important. But that kind of vulnerable communication starts with being able to be vulnerable with oneself. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be able to hold everybody to the same standard I hold snow to or I want to hold myself to. But I know that sometimes, often, I fall short in communicating effectively with snow about what I want or don't want. In terms of other partners yep. and other people, because I haven't figured that out for myself yet. So when he wants a definitive, like, mm-hmm. could you fuck this person? Do you want to fuck this person? I sit there and go, ah, like, I'm not there yet. Right. And it's a different kind of process. Right. We've landed on one version of that, which is, are they fuckable? Mm. And if I, I mean, I can at least determine that. Like, because that's it, not there's room, it might change, but like, off the there's bat, definitely like, people yeah. that I think are fuckable that I'm not necessarily going to have sex with, right? Like, that you want nothing to do with, right? But yeah. he needs that, per- that yeah, outer that parameter. Fuckable? Oh, for sure, they are. I struggle with outer parameters in that kind of black and white because I yeah. sit there, like, but what about the one guy that I can't imagine ever? And then we have a great conversation, and then maybe, sure, so well, that's, I mean, that's for the all flexibility the time. to change, I but yeah. I can give her an outside there's, fuckability score. There's plenty, there's been plenty of times when I've been like not interested in a person in a sexual way at all, and then like this one night. There's this set of circumstances that happens, and then right. we're having you sex. hit it off, and you have a great connection and whatever Mistletoe, it is, and that, that can change, of course. Toe. He touched my hair. Fuck. Oh, now my God. He touched your hair? Yeah. Oh. 
I so, yeah. like, well, I think what that Yeehaw. one was. I think what that was was I didn't realize that it was a it was a thing that could happen. And then the way he touched my hair, I was like, oh, he wants to fuck, and I'm down with that. But I only knew at that moment. Thank you. I just I appreciate speaking to that because I think that the thing that Snow's asking me for is really legit mm-hmm. from his perspective. Like that's something that I can imagine. Like just having that kind of parameter on something right i also know that my whims can be that that important and that simple right right we're like i did not anticipate that like when you walked this way he was gonna this and then i was like my hips touch the counter and shit right but i mean i think also it yeah everybody's fuckable is not the way to go right that's fair because if that's the rule that like we think about things in or the blanket that like Marvel yeah. and I think about things in. It's like, cool, you could fuck anyone. Right. And I just have to assume that. And then later after the fact, you just have to come and tell me, it's just like, here's my why. Right. Like right. I feel like by <clears throat> not having it be that blanket, mm-hmm. it's like, no, there needs to be more intention behind what you're doing versus right. like, well, I'm okay with doing this. Cause if I didn't think he was at least a little bit cute, it doesn't really matter what angle my hips touch the counter. Right? If I was having like a grocery roast, yeah. So it's kind of, it's a scoring mechanism that, I mean, it, it helps to keep me more accountable for my actions also. Right. But it does, it like has that, that buffer to it. And it's just interesting in terms of how I communicate with myself mm-hmm. and how he needs me to communicate with him yeah. and vice versa, how he communicates with himself Yep. and how I need to hear things. And and I've always, and like it was a, one thing that comes to mind is I had a friend of mine who uh, we were really good friends, guy friend. And like one night we were partying together and like he'd asked to go down on me. I was like, man, not in the mood because I wasn't in the mood. And also we're friends and I didn't have that that like connection. And then like a year later, I was like, oh, I, kinda, I can see where that might be kind of fun. But I still thought about it like three weeks because by that time we had become even better friends. We were like besties, like bros. And like so then when I finally made the decision with myself that I was going to, you know, bring that up. I brought it up. I was like, so uh, I might be in the mood tonight. And he was like, oh, yeah, finally. Like, he remembered from a year previous. <laughs> it was interesting. And then we did. And uh, <laughs> and then for a couple How of months. that the question? A couple of months, we, um, we, we were still friends. It was not romantic. But we had really great sex. And I would check in weekly sometimes and be like, still bros? Like, still good. This is still working out. And then, of course, like, it always happens in Corpus. He got a girlfriend, and that ended. Um, so, that actually, that's kind of super cool where, like, you're, Corpus. yeah, where you're, yeah, right. It always happens in Corpus. Yeah, I, I, it's, I jokingly call it, like, being a placeholder. Uh, it's not really the best feeling because a lot of times people, it's like, oh, I was, I was good enough to be, it was, Polly was cool, like, when you didn't have anybody else, but now, like, I'm, I'm just, this, Maybe I should start charging for this. You want to be my? I'll be your poly. Your Some people right. do. Like yeah, and also I would say that a, yeah, that you're like uh, the minor leagues yeah. of uh, of poly. Yeah. So having like, run solo poly from the I don't I am not full of self and I'm filling myself with others end of it. That sounds fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, like it is <laughs> deriving power from others is fun for like a hot minute and then it's really empty. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, so having come from that angle, I would say that like that's the difference between like being a placeholder can be fun and powerful and sexy and 
I think that there are some women I know that I certainly like ran a game in my own head and out loud about my own empowerment mm-hmm. based on my like, so I know what my role is in here and like this is not going to be forever, but it's fun for right now and yeah. that, that. And that can be great. I think I, think, I the, think the difference that you're talking about, though, is that having that, that I, sense of self and right. connection with self there is not anything to fill with being a placeholder, so it's boring and monotonous and kind of what's the point? Well, it's frustrating when I've expressed from the beginning that I, I have non-monogamous relationships and, like, that's what I'm about, and they're like, oh, that's cool, and then it's not cool because they're so not you mean have- you set expectations, right. and then when that actually comes up, yeah. they're like, whoa. Yeah, and, and you're like, remember that thing I said at the beginning? And they're like, yeah. And like well, that's, then that's a thing. Yeah. So now you need to be cool with it. Well, a lot I'm of not. People think well, okay. That they well, then can we're agree good. Things right. That yeah. Sound good, right? It yeah, yeah. sounds like cake and eat it too until it hurts. Well, right. and what it is is it's never them. Like it's the girl that they've chosen, or the or the guy that they've chosen is not Polly. Right. Which is and now fine. They, and right. And now they're not cool with that person seeing you. Right. Because they're like, no, because I'm monogamous. Yeah. And they're like, well, but I see this other person, and they're mm-hmm. cool with it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's not the uh, like associated property where it's just like I know this person who is poly, so therefore you're poly. So what, what a better way I think that going forth because I'm in charge of me and my situations and because uh, she's her own soulmate is I'll like you know if I do interact with somebody in Corpus in the future I'm gonna say like hey so this is the thing that's happened to me and I just want to like let you know that. When I say I'm Polly, it means that I don't care if you start dating somebody else and I need you to be okay with that. And if that's not okay, then we should not continue this. I don't want to, and you know, and just explain, like, I don't want to enjoy spending time with you and start working on a thing and then get dropped when you get a monogamous partner. So if that's not, if you think that you won't do that, then, because then they're, if, if there's, if they're like, oh, well, I, w- I would like to do that, then they're not going to date monogamous women. Or men, they're gonna. And that's you know. consent in solo well, poly. Yeah, exactly. At, le- at least you would think so, right? right because right. you're you're doing all you can to just let them know, here's where I'm at. Yeah. Here's what I want. Yeah. Are you down for that? Right. And if they say yes, and then that changes, then it's just like, oh man. Yeah. You're a dick. Well, yeah. and that's also just because. So I learned this a lot of times. I, I wish I could say once, but I've learned it a lot of times. <laughs> That just because I'm upfront with my expectations does not mean that the person that I'm talking to is not about to go splat on the sidewalk. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to feel bad when that happens. Right. It does mean that I can walk away from some of the guilt and it, some of the shame also because I was clear about what I wanted. Exactly. It also means that I don't involve myself with people who I envision going splat on the sidewalk because mm-hmm. while I'm having my upfront conversation, right. I know that they're giving me lip service. Right, and that's the and thing, yeah. It's very easy for somebody to be like, yeah, that sounds great. Like, we're gonna fuck and like, I can fuck other people and like, we'll have a relationship, so it's poly. Yeah, but if you also watch them like, Now they're like, like Guidos, oh, just kidding, we love Italian so people. Wait, so hold on, so like, I have to be okay with you fucking guys? That's that's a big factor too. It's like because they think they oh, think it's one big sure. like orgy right, so, with right, them so and like seven so women. So it's an orgy, and so I'm the dick, and you're the chick. It's a so doppel gangbang, and you're welcome. Oh, <laughs> you're invited, by the way. Please. Yep. that sounds fun. If you consent, you're in my doppel gangbang. I'm in. It's, it's true. I I'm mean, in. your name's already on the list. That wasn't a consent issue. Ooh. <sighs> I feel but like yeah. I feel like that's a. 
it's a good stopping point because uh, <laughs> I got to get going. But uh, yeah. I like right, being so, on the list. So yeah, so let's let's hold off for the next time that you're here for the doppelganger conversation. Yes, cream. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for having uh, me. We look forward to the next time that we can have you here. Um, there's so many more topics we could talk about. Yeah, like, literally so- any time that you're here, we want okay. you here just to talk about more shit. Because cool. you I'm are in. somebody who is incredibly embedded in so many of the different scenes that we're in and are incredibly knowledgeable and self-aware and somebody that we really do want to talk with because we respect so much because you are logical while emotional and we love you. And I love you too. Love I'd like you. to also add that like we could be a couple that you visit and we'll just play with microphones. I'm this is one of my kinks actually. If you're about <sighs> ASMR, I might be able to lower my voice <laughs> just a little. So as as a little aside, I, I put my like initials for my couple friends. So it's like some are G and G or you know, that's cause their names start with a G and whatever and y'all says S and M and that just makes me so happy. And yes. Cream, thank you so yep. much. We absolutely love you. This has been great talking with you, and we cannot wait until we can have you back on again. I'm ready for it. Bye. 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 <laughs> for additional show information, including related articles, links, and social media, check out consentences.com.